0: This is the John Oakley Show Podcast. All right, let's get right into it. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville. Dial pound 3636. And remember, the pies are piping hot. 575 degrees from the oven into a sealed box. Not touching any human hands. Boom. Until they get to your door for delivery or takeout. And you can check the Pizzaville app or pizzaville.ca is where you'd order. But it's for takeout delivery only. Uh, That being said, let's get to our panel and the topics worthy of discussion at hand. Kevin Gadetta has joined us this Tuesday afternoon, the president of Bright Point Strategy and formerly headed the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. How's Kevin hanging in?
1: Some days are better than other days, Johnny. How are you?
0: Wow. Uh, All right. Well, I guess I can say the same then. So we're uh, kindred spirits in that regard. Alyssa Freeman, PR and pop culture media expert. How about you?
2: I'm fine, John. I'm just taking every day, minute by minute, to be quite honest.
0: Well, some of us have no choice, right? Correct. I'm going to ask you, Alyssa, I know this is going to blindside you here, but uh, in this whole ordeal, I mean, because you're the brand specialist, uh, whose brand has been hurt? And conversely, maybe who's been helped in this situation? You know, like who's reflected positively and uh, maybe, you know, some folks ain't acquitting themselves all that well.
2: Are we talking politicians or are we talking generally just brands? I, I, you know, when, when you talk brands, I think that anybody who has stepped up to the plate and, some, for example, there's some distilleries. And did I read, was it uh, Molson or Labatt's that said, okay, that we're now going to be manufacturing, you know, retooling, every, whatever retooling, and we're going to manufacture hand sanitizer. It was
0: Charlie Angelacos at Labatt's. There you go. My buddy, Charlie. So, your buddy. My buddy, yes, Uh, as a matter of fact. And uh, the Spirit of York Distillery did the same thing, so good on them. We played Neil Diamond earlier. He's uh, reworked the lyrics to Sweet Caroline.
2: Which which was amazing, and I actually sat down this morning to watch that, and I thought that that was really well done. So, you know, when you talk about a brand that's acquitted themselves very positively, it's usually done in a very um, organic and proactive way. Nobody said to them, or, well, the government did put a call out to action uh, regarding, um, you know, businesses that could certainly help in the effort. But anybody who steps up to the plate, without looking for anything in return and just wants to give something back is developing a, a very good aura of uh, goodness and uh, patriotism, quite frankly, around their brand. So that will, and I think, believe it or not, you know, we talk about brands doing a lot of good things for any, any number of issues, and, and a lot of brands try and hop on issues in order to get that halo effect. In this case, in these dire times, the brands that are stepping up and doing so organically, I think that consumers are going to remember that. And I think the halo effect of their efforts will certainly last a very long time.
0: All right. Well stated. Just wanted to uh, throw that at you because, I mean, like even when the prime minister was uh, trying to suggest that, you know, celebrities could uh, get the message out, you know, especially for younger people, hey, wash your hands and do all these things, you know, that, are recommended by the health authorities. Ryan Reynolds uh, picked up the ball, ran with it, tagged Seth Rogen. So you can see how this is spreading <laughs> exponentially, ironically. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and so uh, that's all a good thing. Meanwhile, I don't know, Madonna did some kind of crazy video that uh, didn't lend any credence to her already tarnished legacy. But still, uh, let me move on because right. I wanted to get Kevin well, in about, here.
1: What about, what about political brands, Johnny? If I could I throw in my two cents on that. Sure, go ahead. Uh, Let's look at Doug Ford for a moment, and I'm, I'm, you know, those who listen to the program are familiar with my conservative bias, but uh, Doug Ford declared himself well. Even the star has been saying positive things about how Doug Ford's comported himself during this difficult time, which is a comment, I think, on how the Ford government had done a poor job of branding him earlier. I think this is the real Doug Ford. I think he's actually genuinely a big-hearted, well-meaning guy. He's clearly decisive. And those two traits go well uh, during a crisis. So I think he's acquitting himself better than many people would have expected him to. And correlatively, the prime minister had been acquitting himself well, um, or well enough, better than people had expected until today with his massive political power grab overreach for first tax and spend powers and now unlimited spending powers on which he won't back off at this point. And it's just, just to pick two examples off the top of my
0: head. No, and it's a good one because I wanted to get there eventually anyway. Uh, the idea that, you know, Bill Morneau would be given carte blanche for uh, a year and a half, it sort of lends itself to the profligacy and the arrogance. Boy, I hate to say that, you know, because you don't want to get overly political and uh, partisan at a time like this. But uh, just doing that seems so tawdry. uh Now, they might say, well, it's born out of necessity, but you can't just trample over uh, the idea that, you know, there might be an opposition and uh, this guy would be acting like, you know, he's a dictator. Uh, You know, and I might even submit that in the States, this whole thing, thats this $2 trillion package is being held up. Because, well, the Republicans wanted to sign off on it, but the Dems wanted to throw everything in there, including the Green New Deal. And, you know, cutting carbon emissions for all airlines. they got to be carbon neutral by 2025. And they're just throwing this stuff in there, uh, thinking it'll go unnoticed. I don't think this is the time to play partisan politics. Do you, Alyssa? No, and when I heard that, I just
2: grimaced, to be quite honest. And I thought, really, is now the time for all of this? I understand that they just don't want this bill to absolutely benefit corporations. They need to benefit the little guy and the freelancers and those who aren't part of big corporations. And, you know, that part I get. But by trying to throw everything in, in the kitchen sink, Americans don't get that. All Americans read and is, is, is the headline that says, Democrats holding up the bill. That's all they're reading. They're not digging into seeing why they're holding up the bill. And then, you know, it was interesting because I was thinking, where's Mitch McConnell in all of this? And then suddenly up pops Mitch McConnell saying that this is – Definitely, you know, I forget the phrase that he used for it, a youth board, but he says, "You know, if this is political grandstanding. This is absolutely not the time to be doing this. This isn't some juicy—I think he said—some juicy political fodder for Democrats to jump on." And he really laced into them. And listen, I'm not the biggest fan of Mitch McConnell, but I have to say that he made his point loud and clear. And also, to Kevin's point about um, Premier Ford, I have to agree. I think that you know he started off a little bit shaky but then again you know he is in the middle of leaving his province through a pandemic and then he has gotten more and more comfortable um not just comfortable but I but I would say well co- comfortable in his position of being a leader and being empathetic and not overreaching on his answers. So if there's something that they ask him, he will say, well, here's what, you know, here's the initial answer, but then he immediately turns to one of his subject matter experts and allows them to, um, you know, to continue the answer. So when I watched the press conference uh, this afternoon, I thought it was seamless. I thought it was one of the better ones that I have seen it looked like Premier Ford really, you might not like what he has to say, but he was certainly in control of the narrative and his team was all on the same page. So I have to say that they are getting better and more seamless as the days go on.
0: Yeah, getting a lot of practice. uh, But you know, he's not seen as promoting pet projects as the counterpart stateside. We were talking about, you know, uh, trying to shovel everything in there. But to the point, though, even something like time of use pricing where they've scuppered that because, you know, Ontarians working from home now are going to use excessive amounts of hydro. And uh, so they're not going to be penalized for doing it, you know, in the high prime times of the uh, of the day, uh, which he probably wanted to get rid of from the hop, but nonetheless, it just makes sense, and it's a, a rational approach to things, wouldn't you say, Kevin?
1: Well, I do very much. Um, I, I think a lot of folks in Toronto take for granted uh, how their power is delivered, how their homes are heated, um, but you get outside, I mean, although they when you're at home, suddenly you're, you've are got a lot of people using a lot of power at home, burning a lot of Netflix, et cetera. So there is that aspect in Toronto. But, but outside of the major city centres, for example, a lot of people use um, baseboard heaters in part, if not in total. Um, and there are a lot of hydro issues that come into play. And it's expensive. Suddenly you're at home. You've got the heat turned up um, and not limited to hydro, but... You've got different types of, say it's propane delivered to the home uh, with a carbon tax on top of it, for example. There are a lot of expenses that are, that are worsened by having the whole family locked down at home all the time. And I think it's a, an example of a move by a government who get and understand the challenges that the average person and family are going through. And those little changes, I think, make
2: a difference. Well, uh, I have to, if I could jump in, John, one of the things that I thought about, actually, and I even looked up on the web just to make sure, was time of use pricing. I even said to my husband, is this still in effect? Because, you know, the cheapest time to do your wash. And I do look at that chart is from 7 p.m. on. And I thought, well they haven't done anything about that. And I hope that they will. And the fact that they did that, I think is a huge, hugely positive checkmark. And they are going as fast as they can and working with utilities to, you know, um, get ahead of what they know that the public needs. So full marks on that.
0: Right. And uh, with a touch of populism, of course, they're going to put a ban on disconnections. That's extended until the end of July. So uh, just a, a note there, uh, some of the uh, initiatives from the provincial government in these times of uh, crisis. Now, he did mention yesterday there's a list of essential businesses. Not everybody's happy, uh, as I keep saying, that you know, effectively anybody risking to lose their business because of this colossal shutdown would see their business as essential. I don't care if you're running a tattoo parlor or a nail salon, uh, even though it's deemed non-essential, you may feel otherwise. Uh, he's getting some heat, though, for the Construction industry, from within the industry, some contractors are deciding to keep crews on and they're ill equipped, or at least I've had a complaint or two come my way here. Uh, from this exhaustive or extensive list, Kevin, would you say uh, it's adequate? It uh, lists too many as essential when we need to clamp down? Uh, how do you assess the list?
1: I would start by saying that um, all governments are likely to make mistakes, some large, some small. It's possible that there's some small mistakes with this list. I have to admit my surprise that uh, cannabis stores and the LCBO are deemed essential. I know we can make a lot of jokes about how important it is to our ongoing lifestyle, or at least mine. Huh. Um, but, but I wouldn't think that it's essential. It raises questions in my mind regarding exposing labor, um, you know, workers in, in, in the stores. And what's not on the list, of course, are teachers who continue to do nothing Uh, While our kids are homeschooling themselves, and and I know a lot of parents for whom, myself included, that makes their heads explode.
0: Well, I don't know. What would you require or suggest the teachers be doing?
1: How about anything beyond nothing?
0: I mean, but you want social distancing, so it's sort of, how do you square that?
1: Well, they could be emailing students. They could be using Zoom. They could be using Microsoft Teams. Uh, They could be using Google Classrooms. Uh, there are a number of undertakings that they could uh, i know a particular grade 12 student whose teacher specifically sent her an email saying uh, we've been instructed to do nothing uh, after this student i.e. Uh, my daughter emailed their teachers asking for what should i be working on you know can't tell you can't deal with you can't provide assignments uh, you'll hear you'll hear something perhaps in the next 2 weeks <laughs> okay I'm, 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 I sure that hope they're enjoying the, pay, out, there, the big trade, the, pay, the big paychecks they're cashing.
2: You know, that absolutely blows my mind. And, you know, you're seeing a lot of these. I mean, you know, I'm monitoring my Twitter feeds. I'm monitoring my Instagram feeds. And, it, you know, even mainstream media has picked up, and they're talking to parents who have, you know, one, two, three, four kids of varying ages and varying grades. And there's been a lot of um, schedule sharing among parents, like, okay, this is the way you can survive the day. You know, maybe that'll last a week. Maybe it'll last a day. I don't know. But part of that is academic learning, and I am really shocked that teachers haven't jumped on any of the online learning. What a buzzword that has been before all this uh, happened. Um, in order to keep their their classes engaged, their 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 kids engaged. I don't know whether they still think that this is because it's extended March break, then therefore they're not to do anything. But If they're not doing anything, I hope that somebody somewhere is coming up with a strategy that says, use this platform, engage your kids as many as they can that, you know, that have access to uh, to a computer, and let's get learning, let's start developing on the fly, like everybody else is developing things on the fly, some sort of online learning platform to ensure that the kids are engaged to the end of the year, because, you know, when those kids graduate, this lag in learning will continue to plague them and the curriculum will need to be adjusted uh, for years to come.
0: Well, you know, when we were talking earlier about brand management, uh, this might be one of the casualties of it, the goodwill that they ostensibly had you know with parents and all supporting them going into all this job action and rotating strikes and so on and so forth if they're not actively engaged they're showing that they actually are interested in the kids and their well-being they drop the ball in that front uh going to be pretty hard to make an argument for one percent let alone two when all of this is said and done thanks for listening to the john oakley show podcast be sure to rate review and subscribe for free at apple podcasts google podcasts and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio